Hey everyone, and welcome to the Thrive 24 podcast. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine and fellow coach, Tazza. If you want to find him on Instagram, it is at ir.tazza. Right, let's get straight into it. Oh, we've known each other for a good while now as well. Um, we met up. How long ago was that when we met up? I think it was the start of the year, right? Around quarter one. No, it might have been. It must have been after. I met you after, obviously, Marbella. Oh, um, yeah. Went to Marbella in what, May time. I think it was around summer yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a class to meet up. I think we've been wanting to meet up for ages. We wanted to do this podcast for ages as well. Um, but you've been away traveling, living the life. Um, Miami, I think you went to Dubai as well, didn't you? You were planning to move there as well. I'm speaking about that so we can dive into the podcast. Uh, yeah. For anyone listening, it's one of the best places I've been to, hands down. There's always some, there's always people to meet. Uh, definitely a place that didn't get enough time. I mean, we've got two weeks, but even though we're in Miami, it's just so much fun today. It's probably, yeah. I can imagine because it's so big as well. It's just Florida in general. There's so much to do. In, in, in America, just states are just crazy. <laughs> just cra- crazy. And then you've got us, and it's like, for me, it's like Liverpool as well, city centre, and then that's about all you get. <laughs> yeah, but, I was yeah. someone about this is like in the US, you you can travel an hour away, and life's completely different in here. You travel up north down south. There's a lot of similarities, but in there's complete polar opposites from what I've seen. So yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. But that I was actually just saying to you then, I was like, one of your posts that you put up really resonated with me, and it was the five rules to building a great body and life. And I think that the people who are listening could really take a lot of just knowledge from that. And when I read it, I was like, every single point is like spot on. I was like spot on. So I'd love for us to be able to go through them. So the first one was to always be working towards something. So by that, what did you mean? So kind of like, I think... One of the biggest things I found over the years is that I'm on my best when I'm quick, quick to implement and I've got goals I'm striving towards. I always bring it back to like, if I'm in a place where I'm in a rut or it's just life isn't where it needs to be, is there's no goals and there's like a delay in terms of action. So whether that's physique goals, business goals, anything in particular, I think for me now, and I've realized over the years, you probably may be in that place too, where it's like you set a goal, you achieve it and you're like, it wasn't what I thought for it to be. And I find now it's actually more motivated by the carrot more than the stick. So you're less motivated to carry more motivated by the stick and you're like, actually you're like in that place where the game is the reward rather than the outcome. The outcome just measures you go in the right direction and you're hitting these objectives, but the road you're going down, I find that as like from a live perspective, it puts me on my best and also a lot of our members. And I know for you as well, it's very similar. It's like you just finish a photo shoot, I finish a photo shoot. You get there and you're like, what's next? And I find like always like you're touching an outcome, but I think you, when you marry the process, your life becomes a consistent spiral of development and growth. And mm-hmm. that's like the best mindset. But also at the same time, I find that success brings more success. So you like, you get addicted to more of that. And I think one of the biggest things I find is like having something you're aiming towards, not coasting and going through the motion. Because if you lose sight of your vision, 12 months goes by and you're in the exact same place. And I find having these goals and metrics to know you're going in that direction is one of the biggest things. You time actually moves so quick. I think when you don't have a goal in place, and then all of a sudden it's a click of a fingers. You're like, I've not done anything for six months, or not done anything for the whole year. When it comes to it, like we both had photo shoots that we were working towards. I've never felt so just on the ball and knowing exactly what I had to do to get to where I wanted to be. And 
the first two weeks after the photo shoot, I did not know what was going on with my life. I felt like it, this was just, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I was thinking I was just lost. I didn't have much drive, no agency. You know, I mentioned to my coach, I was like, I can't even get up at the my normal time anymore. Everything just feels weird. And that is because obviously when you have I've had such a big goal and something that I was working towards for a hell of a long time, then I think there is as well, when you do finish a goal, there is like a readjustment process of where you kind of figure out, okay, what is that next goal for me? Where is it, oh, is it I actually want to go for next? But it is still that constant cycle of you still need goals consistently. Otherwise, if I didn't turn around and set a new goal, so like goals for me now are um, to stick around 190 pounds and just based on performance and also business goals too. And if I didn't, have that I'd end up just still just being in that sort of non-urgent cycle I'd just I'd just be floating along and what you said it is 100% right it's more about even the process of, of that's where there's that's where the real sort of progress is made and the, that's the enjoyable part but even on top of that I think something that I say is like a bit of a metaphor it's, and just this is from I think for me, it's men that I only train. I know you are men and women, but especially for men, I say to them, it's your job to look at your goals and milestones as if you're building a big mansion, as if you're putting on bricks, on bricks, on bricks. And what you want to do is look at the end of your lifetime and see this big, massive, you know, mansion, castle, whatever that you've built. And I find that a lot of the times it does come to goals. People just end up, you know, they add like one or two bricks every so often and then, you know, the, nothing gets built, everything just gets left halfway through. And I think it is important to realise that as just humans in general, we should always be building consistently. If you can, on top of that, what you said there about where you get distracted, there's like a, something I had in my lock screen is actually a whole of last year. I had a picture of a tree. It was just mm. like a tree. And what that really stood for is a lot of people, and myself included, I was used to, used to do this, where you swing at a tree, you have like five, six different swings, and you're like, oh, there's a, a better tree over there. I'm going to go cut down that tree. And then you see the next one, you keep cutting away. And then you look back, you're still in the same forest, still in the exact same place, and you've taken a few swings at things, but you've never actually cut the whole thing down. So I think that, for me, last year was like the biggest thing. Like, everything you start, you finish, and you don't get distracted on the sidelines, because it's the whole thing of like swinging at the same tree, and when you swing, it chops down, but you don't want to keep it incomplete because you're going to come back to it. It's like, it's sturdy, it's hard to cut down and uh, you find that task is hard to get complete. So I think one thing I'd always say when it comes to that, because that's a really good point you mentioned, is like keep swinging at the same tree. That's the easiest way to get forward. But there you go. 100%. And just knowing it'll always pay off in the end. Always. There's not been one, I couldn't mention one thing that has not paid off for me that I've just kept swinging. Just a quick intermission from me. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, I want to get into the shape of my life. I want to be able to thrive in all areas, whether it be my career, my social life, relationships, then look no further. Then dropping me a little follow at coachgel underscore. What you need to do then is drop me a message with the word coach and we can have a chat about how I can actually help you. There is only three spots available till the end of the year. So do be quick. If you do want to get involved, as I said, follow me on Instagram at coachgel underscore and send me a message with the word coach. Right, let's get back to the podcast. In, in regards to goals as well, I think something important to look at is that 
these goals that we set aren't just, we're not the only ones who are involved in them. I know that you have coaches. I know I have coaches. Do you think that is an important part to make sure you actually do keep swinging? The accountability from someone else. Um, I'd say 100%. I know there's probably two parts to it. Is a yes and a no. I think with coach, I know you agree with this one. I think it's very easy to think you need someone to help you, but if someone's going to throw you a ball, you need to be willing to catch it. It's the first thing, so you need to be coachable. Second thing is also with coaching. I think my thought process has changed away from what do I need to do to who's already doing it and I can get there quicker. So an easy example is if you want to learn how to build a boat, you want to spend 10 years trying to pick out the exact pieces. You go to someone that's out there in the streets and making boats, go learn from them in 10, like 10 12, 16 weeks or a year. And that's the easiest way to get ahead. And I also think now, for me, someone that's not like had a figure in my life in an early age, having someone I want to impress is a bit of like dark motivation, you can say. So I find now, I'll, I sign up to a coach and I'm like, I say this to every single person I always meet it. I'm like, dude, I want to be one of your best, best story. I want to be one of your biggest success stories. I say that from the get-go and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I want to impress you as well on myself. And I find that is like my motivator. So 100% with that. It's a yes and a no to be one to catch the ball, but Bill and percent is the only reason. Um, I, I felt the exact same um, when I when I signed up to my coach I said this is going to be the best transformation you've ever had <laughs> and it is it's it's powerful though because you have to promise you make to yourself a promise you make to others others and I think that when it comes to coaching don't be wrong you can get hit goals on your own but from the experience it's very rare that someone will do that it normally takes a hell of a lot of dark energy and dark motivation for someone to hit their hit goals on their own. Yeah. Um, but when it, I said, when it comes to having someone that you don't know, setting a standard and holding you to that standard, you don't want to let them down. Especially when you're putting something on the line, like your money, for example. Um, I was saying a lot of people that pay, pay attention and I find I've had a lot of emails for, for you guys. I never look at them. Like there's millions and even sometimes I'm like I almost want to kind of back myself into a corner to make it work I remember my first coach or she my third coach it was my first business coach my third coach in general I only had this much left in the bank account and I was like I need to back I need to back myself and better myself it's a lot of pressure you sleep this night so I was like shit what's gonna happen if I don't do it but that was the best agency the best pressure I had and it's like when your back's against the wall you become quite resourceful especially when you put a lot I think a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people don't realize when you back against the wall, you you pull, will always pull through. I, for my first business mentor, I went into heavily into my overdraft Sorry. with with money I I didn't have, and I was just forcing. Um, I, you know, I was there was just a new level of pressure, a new level of stress. But I think that was needed, and I think that's needed for a lot of people. I was had a call yesterday with a guy and I was just, I was saying to him I was just explaining my experience and I was like you've got to be able to back yourself if you want a transformation if you want to change your life if you can believe that you know I'm the right person to help you and I'm going to get you to where you want to be and you want this you've got to back yourself and you've got to be willing to put in the, the investment at the end of the day and I would say skin in the game is so important and like without, without skin in the game it's pointless <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people in the audience probably even see this in yourself. I'm not just saying that because you're on a call, but like I've known you for a while and like the person you've become, I can guarantee like being around the right people is one of the biggest things because there's a whole saying of like, 
you are the average of the five people, the whole thing. I like that saying, I'm not a big believer of it. I think it's like the way I like to see it is like your thoughts aren't your thoughts. There's something you've heard, witnessed, experienced, or been told. And I think when you change that through coaching, then you can change the reality because your thoughts become to actions and actions to results. So, like for you, I think even for myself, it's like probably a big, like, big reason why we're able to get the results quicker. And also, like, the way we think, the way we are, is because of what you've seen, heard, and listened to. And that itself is like mental manipulation, that physical change. So, you you saying that just has just flicked a memory in my brain. So I was listening to Stephen Bartlett and Chris Williamson, and he was saying on the, this podcast, he was like, "It's the belief system we have. So the people that we're around, we build our beliefs from what they believe, and it's like what you've just said. Then when people do say that." quote that you mentioned about the five people that you spend the most time with I think that's just thrown up in the air that's just a, like a kind of like a really generalized sort of quote but as you said it it is the we do build like these beliefs of, of the people that are around us so if for example if you're surrounded by five people that are massively overweight and literally do nothing all their life all their lives you're most likely going to fall into that same boat because you still have the beliefs of them you have the beliefs that maybe you aren't meant to be fit that maybe you're meant to be this way because you, that's all you ever hear. That's all you ever, um, the only things you ever hear from them are things like that. It's herd mentality, right? You want to be part of the herd. Yeah, 100%. Um, second point, brother, was work harder on yourself than you do on anything else. It's, um, this probably sticks with me more than anything. It's been a quote that's been consistent for like two years now. And you know when it's consistent, there's a lot of truth in it. That was like, for me, years ago, two years ago, I found actually, by me working hard on myself, it allows me to give more to everything else that matters. And like my priorities now, I've kind of done a lot of self-development, a lot of mental health with this, is like my priorities is work first. It's me as a person second, relationship, misses, and then everything else, right? But I don't see it as one, two, or three, I see it all as ones, but I also see now if I work hard on myself, that allows me to be better in business, allows me to be better in our relationship. I also know at the same time, if I'm not working hard in business, the other two to kind of knock off so I don't think there's one two and three but I find now like a lot of like growth is personal development it's not what do I need to do it's who do I need to become and have you read the book success principles I have not no I think it's Jack Schofield or something Schofield I think it is I've literally got his uh principles right here like principles I've written from his book they're they're mm-hmm. around kind of taken that away it's like when you know who you need to become a lot of it is development because you have that gravitational pull so if you want to get lean, copy what lean people do, copy the frameworks. If you want to be a business owner that does X, Y, and Z, become the person so you'll eventually attract it. I find for me, I was, I was disregarded that. I was like, you know what, it's social media. doesn't really matter as much. I don't really need to do this work. That's going to be more like private life. But actually, if I find me working hard on my private life myself, allowed me to actually portray someone different and I became someone different. So that was the same from Jim Rohn, actually. Um who I'd highly recommend listening to, by the way. He's powerful in terms of things he says. He actually said that, and I was like, this is it. This is like that breakthrough moment. It was like a light bulb, and it's almost like a switch is turned on. And I found that was like the catalyst for a lot of growth. Um, and I hold that as forefront right now still, but when you work hard on yourself and anything else, you can work hard on everything else. Um, it's not one or the other. It's both in harmony. I find sometimes with that, a lot of people find that like oh well aren't I just being selfish looking after myself first 
Aren't I be aren't I, you know, I've got kids, I've got a missus, you know, how can I, how can I make myself a priority when I've got to make sure I look after them? And as you said, what I say then to them, I'm like, well, how do you think you will act to them if you are performing at your best? If you're performing at, you know, 10 times the level that you're performing at right now, what are your kids going to gain? What is your partner going to gain? And when you, when you look at it like that, and if it's not selfish because it's more selfish, not making yourself a priority because you're leaving them with a, a parent, a partner who's at like 50%, 60%. And if you ask me, then that's, I find that it was then unfair on the, on them. And from my own experience, the biggest growth I've had, whether it be business, fitness, just mentally, always comes from putting myself first, setting stricter boundaries, um, setting specific times for me to like, or investing in myself rather than other people doing things like self-development. People nowadays won't, won't, you know, blink an eye at spending five, 600 pounds on a pair of shoes, but they won't invest in something that's going to help them with self-development. And as soon as I linked, I think this years ago, I can't remember what, what it was, but I paid for something and all of a sudden I started just feeling better. And it was just such a little tiny thing. And I was like, okay, actually mentally I'm starting to make strides forward. And then I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, I'm not spending money on rubbish no more. Every time I've had money, I'm like, okay, what's next? Where can I learn? Who can I learn from? And when you look at it like that, then things come. So for example, like for me with business, well, things come and then you can't afford the nice things that you wanted anyway. So it, it all comes if, if you just look after yourself, as you said, as number one, everything else just follows. Here's that thing you mentioned about that. It's a really good point um, about like, people spending money on things that don't necessarily serve them. If you really bring it back to what need you're meeting, then you can meet it differently. So for example, I spend pretty much everything I earned on luxury material. Back in university, I didn't have any money for it, but I think, I think so I did. It was another t-shirt, something that's going to make me feel good, right? It was a cheap bill for me, like an instant reward. But like, I think very often, like you need to realize the need you're meeting by doing that action or buying that thing. And how can you meet that need differently? So for example, now I don't shop at all because I'm not mm. in there. And now I'm looking at these other things, but I feel like people want the instant cheaper dopamine, like in terms of the t-shirts, the Rolex, the cars, the watches, the food, the alcohol, as opposed to serotonin, which is consistent. Dopamine is going to be up and down, serotonin is consistent. And when you can mm-hmm. invest into yourself and work on yourself, you get serotonin. When you make instant actions for instant results, it's dopamine. So it's a inner monologue of a conversation. What What's the need that's being met and which direction do you want to stay? And, and the thing is, is that if you have a higher baseline of serotonin, then when you do have spikes of dopamine, it feels even better. So, you know, like if I go shopping and I, it's, it's crazy as well how things have changed over time for me because I was very similar to you. When I was like 18, 19, 20, any money that I had um, was literally going on designer clothes. What a waste. Uh, my, my cupboard must be worth, or my closet must be worth probably thousands. It's a joke. But now when I go out and buy things, I shop at places such as like Uniqlo or, you know, and it's, and it's like 20 pounds. The shirt I'm wearing right now is like 20 pounds. But when you're in a position to where you look good, feel good, because you've built that baseline of serotonin, well, then the spike of when you pick up that shirt and put it on, you're like, oh, this looks sick. You know, in comparison to relying on brands. And the thing is, is I think it's a lot of... um 
you know, I never look at, I, I know that this, this is a bit of a weird one to bring up, but I don't look at, say, say there's someone who is going out full wearing Gucci. I don't look at them and I'm jealous. And I don't look at them and think, I wish I was you and I wish I had all that. But I think the person itself thinks that other people think that. It's because I you kind of want to have something to bite yourself and you're trying to fill in the void. This isn't for everyone. Some people really like fancy stuff and I appreciate that and I love yeah. that. But for me, actually, kind of what you said there about like unique mode and like material designers. I never used to buy designers. I don't think I've got much designer. It's like ASOS and kind of putting money into things because I was out of shape and I didn't like when clothes fit, didn't fit. So I was buying different sizes, different t-shirts. And I was like, finally, I'll get the one that fits. Not a bit fit until I got in shape. Um, but it's really funny you mentioned kind of like how you don't really get impressed by that I think because you kind of noticed the reason for doing it some people mm-hmm. want to do it as like a way of flexing for themselves and I think that's a powerful way to do it but mm-hmm. I find also having having a reason to buy clothing as opposed to just trying to make you look good because I think anyone that can wear a black t-shirt and black jeans they, and have a sick body they're looking better most of the time and I found that I was around like a lot of like business coaches, like successful business owners. And I was like, these guys are in sick shape. They wear simple stuff. They shop in Zara and they look better than this and anything else. And I was like, that's interesting. It's not, it's kind of coming back to it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. It's like, a, it's like an aura. You know, I've, I, and, and, you know, I've met some people and, you know, like when I've met people like my business mentors and things, and you know, when you meet them, you just think to yourself, Jesus Christ, you're like, you're, you're an absolute machine. Just, just in how they act and how they look and, you know, they, and as you said, they don't, very rarely do they wear like design stuff. And once again, I think there's levels to that. I think if you're living in your means and you want to go buy nice things, go do it. Why not? Enjoy life. Enjoy the finer things in life. But a lot of people, and I'd say 80% of people don't live within their means and spend on the things they don't need. And the aura is just not there. So I think, as you said, I think because I'm self-aware and I think many people are self-aware, when you are self-aware, you kind of look at that situation and you kind of be like, uh, that's, you know, they're doing that for this reason or you kind of think about that. Um, but I think to, to, to anybody listening, I would always say, you know, self-awareness is key in regards to everything, whether it be, um how you treat yourself whether it be how you look after yourself whether it be nutrition um training whatever self-awareness is always key i think if you're listening to this and you know you're the type of person who maybe is overspending on things that you don't need to be spending on take a little minute maybe grab a piece of paper and just write down what's going on and how you're feeling and understand that okay maybe it is coming from a place of maybe insecurity and then ask yourself well what can i do from this situation how can i move forward what action steps do i need to take there's millions of coaches or there's millions of people out there willing to help you and help you push forward. Just, you know, it's, you can then easily find action steps to go find them and then they will help or make the rest of it really easy for you. The next one, the next one you put, brother, was a really powerful one. Um, Spend more time alone in solitude. That's um, something that I didn't realise I did much of over the last 15, 12, 15 years, but I realised it's like one of the biggest reasons and the biggest things that's helped me. So here's a fun fact. Every birthday since I was 15, I spent alone on purpose. I just wanted to reflect on the whole year. Like every year, nobody messages me. I don't reply to any messages. I'm like, maybe on myself. I respond tomorrow. 
And that was something that I kind of did without realising it. I just, I'm almost like, I just need to get away in solitude. Obviously, when you're 40, 15, you don't realise, I was like, I just want to take some time by myself. And since then, I was like, this is a really good strength. And just by spending time by yourself, you realise what you want and what you don't want. Mm-hmm. One of the best analogies when it comes to this is like, do you know when you, you drive to a destination? Let's say you drive, you're driving from London to Manchester and you lose, the music's on loud, you've got a lot of noise and you obviously get the GPS. And then all of a sudden you can't lose where you're at. So what you firstly do is you turn down the noise, reset the, the GPS, find out where you're going, and then you put the noise back on. And when you put the noise back on, you're clearing what, what you're doing, what, how you're getting there, and the direction is clear. So all the external noise, the comments, the music, the noise, doesn't matter anymore. And this is what I think sometimes when you're stuck in a rot is about elimination and just knowing where you're going again. So when the noise comes back in, I find that you're a lot, a lot more aware in terms of where you're going, it doesn't distract you. So someone in a fat loss journey, I always find like spending more time with you by yourself is the biggest underutilized hack with body transformation that many people do because they get pulled in different directions because of all this noise. So I think it comes back to elimination, elimination of what, knowing the direction you're going and the noise just doesn't matter because you're clear on that. Secondarily, I think you can spend and be comfortable spending time by yourself to know who you are. Because if you can go into a coffee store, which I know you do quite a lot of, as you go into a coffee store, you sit down, you get things going, you're very comfortable with that. Then you go out in the public, you're a lot more, you know exactly who you are, who you're becoming, and uh, nothing distracts you anymore. Because I previously was like, my worth was dictated by who I was around, the social group I was around. And when I lost that, I was like, shit, I don't know who I am. I always measure against that. So for me, it's like rebuilding, destroying, rebuilding. Actually, I had to rebuild that by spending more time by myself. Now, this is why, like, if I go away, I kind of know who I am as meet people and communicate and articulate and also have these experiences where I know very quickly and who I am what I'm here for. And that's the reason why I say spending time in solitude is powerful. Um, that's been almost like an underlying thing in my life, like, since... Well, I I think I think that that's powerful what you do every year for your birthday, and I think that was really good as well. The analogy metaphor, whatever you call it, about the radio, I think that that is really good, and that puts it in when when you said that it was making my brain tick, and I was thinking, oh okay, but it's it's one hundred percent true in in what you say. I think you've got to. I think especially as men, I think specifically if I was to go, um on the masculine side of things is that we have to spend time alone. I think for me, I was always afraid of spending time alone. One of the biggest issues that I used to have is I used to try and find distractions from being alone with my thoughts and my feelings. So for me, you know, I got addicted to gambling because that was an easy, easy way out for me. Um, I remember I was spending 15,000 pound a month on slots, mental, um, but that was, and now I look back and I know that was because when I would, when I would finish my work, when I had gone to the gym, I'd done everything I needed to do. I didn't have nothing else. And I, and I was too afraid to sit with that loneliness and to understand that. So how did I overcome it? I literally just got on my computer and I would sit there for like six, seven hours straight, just play, just playing slots. Um, and we talked about b- before about dopamine and me, the, the peaks and troughs of that was a joke. <laughs> I was messing up my system like there was no tomorrow, but it wasn't until I actually, um, I signed up for, um, I, well, I stopped gambling for about a year and then I signed up to 
uh, something that we both know, which is Total Mental Performance. And I had my coach from there. And we were just chatting about, I wanted to become just happy in my own company. And it was the biggest thing we worked on. And by far, it was the most, it, it was just the best thing I think that's ever happened to me in regards to I am just comfortable being me. We worked on a lot of becoming authentic to yourself. And I think that's what you said there is like, you need to know who you are and you need to be authentic. And you're saying that allows you then to be authentic to others. And if you don't know who you are, how can you talk to other people? How can you have a, you know, how can that other person know that they're talking to that, you know, that hundred percent version of Tazza and hundred percent version of me, they won't. And it's our job. No one will do that for us. No one will do that deep inner work. And one of the biggest things I also found from doing this deep inner work was that my fitness, my goals, everything that I had planned out just got fast forwarded. Like there was no tomorrow, you know, um, one of the biggest things that happened was for me, solitude is I spent obviously a month in Marbella from Feb to March, just me, me, my laptop, a studio apartment, no noise, literally nothing. It was by far one of the best times of my life because I was able to get clear on exactly what I wanted. I came home buzzing. I, I The last few days, I was like, I can't wait to get home because I've got shit to do. Uh, um, and I, I feel as if, because there is so much noise in our lives, as I said, whether it be partners, whether it be children, whether it be, um, you know, your friends messaging you all the time, or, you know, maybe you, you play games or you're always on the phone to friends. There's no time for you to think about yourself. And I think that, you know, if you can just, and this is something I actually um, have implemented with loads of my clients, find time where you can be alone and spend yeah. that time, whether it be, whether it be relaxing, taking downtime, whether it be even doing something like maybe having a little write down in a journal. I know one of my clients is a taxi driver. And one thing he does is once a month, he'll drive out to somewhere and just go on a big, massive walk or trail on his own, leave his kids, leave his missus, phone it, he leaves his phone in a taxi and he just goes. And when, when I told him to start implementing things like that, and it changed, changed the game for him completely. He was like literally like, he said, it feels like, his battery de- decreases, decreases. As soon as he does that, it's like he builds his battery back up to go again. Yeah. Um, and he, even little things for him, it's like, um, I had a chat with him recently and I was like, okay, we. it seems to me like your battery dies pretty quickly now within a week or within busy weeks. I said, midweek, Wednesday, take a couple hours off. And he's like, he's been doing it once again. He's spending time on his own in solitude and he just feels like it just refreshes him and it will do. Um, and yeah, at that, that point, when I read your post, I looked at that point and I was like, you're not wrong. I was like, if anything, that's the best point out on there. Um, does that thing, there's a quote where it's like, you can't be truly present until you're part of your presence. Mm. It's like, Damn. It's, of, <laughs> <laughs> it's sweet yeah. to me. Yeah. You need to knowing where you are and then you can be completely like, proud of the presence because you have a lot of self I think honesty as opposed to self-awareness I prefer honesty if you're completely honest with who you are and you're proud of that then you've got a lot more presence and then you're not in the evening where you're switching off you're spending time with missus kids etc and you're just there and you're not truly there because I for me I actually struggle with that quite a while because I try to find any distraction whether it's podcast reading personal development I was I just need to be doing something and even when I was walking if I 
took away my AirPods, I'd get so much anxiety. I'm not sure if you had that point. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah. Need to really sit with these thoughts, and sometimes it's hard. Like you have to, mm. and thinking is quite hard, especially when it's things you don't want to think about. Um, because it's easy to distract yourself with something else and pretend like you're working on something else, but actually you've got this loop you need to close. I find when you click close these loops quicker, you're a lot better to them physique and business. Everything. I I do a few things. So now I've I've actually got things I implement to make sure I have solitude pretty much every day. Um the main one is and it's simple things that everyone who's listening to this can implement. So as soon as I finish my work day, first thing I do is I jump in the shower. Silence, no music on in the shower, no nothing. I just go have a shower. I can just think. I have silence. There's no there's no noise. It's just me. That as well as I will take days where I just go and drive somewhere quite far out. No music on. Just enjoy the drive. I feel like that just, it's so simple, but it just like brings me back to just, I don't know, just the level of just calmness. It's so good. Um, You know, I I actually remember someone, I think I heard it on a podcast and they said it and I was like, because I didn't realize that's something I used to do. Because my one of my ex partners lived quite far away, so I used to do it quite all like pretty much all the time. I'd get in the car, turn it off, but I didn't realize I was doing it and realized that it was actually a thing. But as soon as I realized the thing, I was like, okay, well, I need to keep doing it. Um, is there anything that you do like that? Um, I listen to music and training, I'll go for walks unplugged. That's my type of like very connecting the dots. Uh, training, I think to be honest, I never used to find sounds weird. Um, listen to music being productive in my training sessions. I just find if I'm not listening to them, I can start to think about things I want to think about. And for me, it's the time I actually enjoy. And there's actually a lot of studies with like neuroplasticity where your brain is quite malleable during training sessions. So I find that's where I get the biggest breakthroughs and like I start to realize what I want, connect quite some loops. Training is my time for like thinking. And then when I'm walking, there's I'm unplugged. That's my two things every single Those are the anchors. I didn't see what you're doing where you're just driving and not listening to music. Nowadays, trying to take more trains on purpose so I can work on the train, but it's not as productive either. So that's a good, good little share to be found. Even, even with the the trains, brother. You know, one of the things I love is that I actually do nothing. I don't go on my phone. I I put my headphones in. I normally put on no, noise cancellation, but no music, and I just chill, and I just try and take it because and it's it's something nice where you can just watch everything go by and just relax train journeys are one of one of my favorite things you know when i when I move to go to events or um if i get the train out of manchester and things oh it's amazing um to do that but something um that you mentioned then so you mentioned about obviously you go you train without um, headphones one tip that i actually give to people which a lot of probably coaches don't give a lot of coaches i think give the tip of listen to music while you're training one of the tips that I give is don't. And the reason I do it is because for you to be, like become used to the environment and the gym environment, you don't want to, you don't want to have a form of escapism and music is a form of escapism. So I say initially for the first, like, you know, few months of you training, don't put music on. Just mm-hmm. literally just get yourself used to that gym environment. It's scary. It's outside your comfort zone. And I know it's probably going a little bit off topic, but it is, that is a, tip that i would say to anyone um 
just don't use your headphones. Now, you know, once you're used to training, used to the gym and nothing bothers you, then just listen to whatever you want. Then you can do whatever. But initially to kind of get like, you know, used to the environment, I'd say no headphones. That's a good way of thinking. I never thought of it as like an escape, escapism standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes like to listen to instrumentals when I'm working. Yeah. I don't like lyrics. So like if you just go on tropical beats on Spotify, it's all there. Bang bangers. Absolute bangers. Yeah. <laughs> I play it's classical music. It's you think who's this guy? He must be like 70 or 80, but he's too yeah. It's like classical music is the one right now, but or like things like that. It's um it's fine. The lyrics tend to stimulate different things and uh you kind of tend to get out of flow state quite quickly. Um and you get distracted. So I just found like I was kind of being controlled by emotions by music, so I stopped listening to music as much. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's someone else plays it, just like right now, these last this last year, I've just been like every time I put a song on, I'm like, oh, I'm bored of this already. It's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, a good playlist I think you'd like with it is a uh, Brain Food on Spotify. Uh, yeah, so it, it's it's just like instrumentals and stuff. Um, there's loads. That, whenever I do work, I can't listen to words. Otherwise, your your brain just goes elsewhere. You end up distracted. Um, so. I'd, and music was designed as well for that form of escapism and to deal with emotions. So that's why I always say never to do it um, when train when training or never to listen to it when training, especially when you first start. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing for guys, especially as well, because yeah, you can listen to this podcast, but okay, well, how can you actually start making it or taking steps forward with all of this? And even with something as you said, like having some solitude. A book that changed the game for me was called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Um, and it was funny because I booked my trip to Marbella. And what, so it, this book is, is really good for men because it gives you it in tasks. It, it gives you a paragraph to read and it's like, okay, activity, do this. And one of the activities was book a weekend away on your own. Um, and then it gave you like a bunch of questions to ask yourself whilst you go away. I'd already booked my trip, so I was like, yes, class. So just going through them activities, it gives you, um, and you can even buy, I bought a book with it. That's actually a guide that literally lets you write the answers in. But it's just so powerful because it's so easy just to go, okay, I'm going to do one activity tonight. And then just write it down. Some can take two minutes, some can take 10 minutes. But it changed the game for me, becoming self-aware about myself and also just being able to actually realize what actions I actually had to do to get to where I wanted to be as well in regards to my own um, authenticity. A really good little uh, steal to, to be fair. Do you know, you know, Louis Calvin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You recommended that book when you said that and said that it rings a bell. And that's who it rings a bell from. He told me his story. He read the book and he went to the event. I think it's out to the course. And he was at dinner with the owner. What's his called again? Um, the owner, Robert, Glo- uh, Robert Glover. Glover. I'm pretty sure I've heard this story as well, but say it, I get to say it to everyone because Louis told me this. He went to a dinner and he obviously, everyone's ordering the starter, a main and a dessert. It's main game, everything's perfect. He's sitting in front of Robert Glover having a conversation. Dessert came, everyone got desserts except for Louis. Like, Louis was like, I swear I a dessert. And then he was like, ah, I want to ask the waiter, it's fine, I don't want to bother them. And then um, Robert Glover looked Louis in the eye and was like, don't be, don't be Mr. Nice Guy. And it's like, perfect. He was like, he got told about yeah. The actual, the actual, the actual, yeah. Um, no, because Louis told me a few stories because he had met with him and he'd done like the men groups things and all things like that. And 
Oh, it's so it's powerful. You know, I said I send that book to some of my clients that and the way the superior man, I send it to most of my clients. And I said all of the people who listen to this will be men realistically. Buy both of them as soon as you can. And they changed my life. And you know, for one of my clients, he messaged me. It was quite funny. He was like, it felt like a personal attack. He said, reading that book. But that's a sign that it was the right book you needed to read. Um, if anything. The obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday. Yeah, I, I'm, I, oh no, I haven't read that obstacle is the way. I've listened to the summary on his YouTube. I'm currently, um, I've got about a chapter left of Ego is the Enemy. Ryan Holiday's Obstacle is the Way is probably the book that kind of pushed me last year. I don't I don't read a lot of books, but we read like three books cover to cover. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. I read it seven times. And the thing with that was like, the thing you're avoiding is the thing you should do. And you need to do the things you think you can't do, just show yourself that you can say last year and still coming right now, the goals I set is based on me not thinking I can achieve them. And I'm like, now nah, I'm going to go achieve it. So last year we did an event in Texas and I was like, don't think I can do that. It's an obstacle or something in the way. And I'm like, now nah, I need to do it just to kind of break that belief because I don't like letting limit beliefs grow even bigger. So I find like one big like book I'd recommend is probably like the best book I've ever read and continue to read. It's literally right there in my bed. It's um the obstacles away. I just read that bad boy again and again. It's you always think I need anything. I'd say I'd say any to be honest, any Ryan Holiday just is insane. I've got here is Disability's Destiny. Um that's re- that's a really good book. Um he's just the stuff is the thing is is that and something that he mentions all the time, Ryan Holiday is like, why would you not read to learn from someone else's mistakes so that you don't make them yourself? And it's like, it just makes so much sense. He said, there would be so many less things like wars and stuff if people just learned from previous mistakes. If people knew, okay, I don't want to do that. But people are just so blind to the fact. And also it, people find it difficult. And something that Obstacle Away will will tell you. So I, I remember I watched the summary on his YouTube channel, which is, by the way, if you don't like reading, it's such an easy way to learn. His YouTube channel has hundreds of videos that go th- through everything that's in the box. Um, But... Reading is just such an easy way for you to be able to to learn from other people's mistakes, and that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be learning from what other people or, or what other people or the mistakes that other people have gone through. And as well, it's making sure. Yes, it's hard to sit down read a book. Sometimes it is. You probably listen to this. Oh, I hate fucking reading. Uh, so did so did I. Um, force yourself. I know it sounds stupid, but I. I do majority of the things like reading. I read five pages minimum of a book every night just to make sure I'm at least making progress forward. I force myself most of the time, and I'm and then once once you like three four pages in, you're like, ah, that's all right. I'm 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 flying. I'm into it. Just the the magic is in whatever that Chris Williams says. The magic is in doing the work. End of the day. Um. Then, brother, the one of the or the second to last point was routine and daily structure. So that's kind of like, you can say it's with everything, business, fitness, productivity, like how you, spend it, you, you, how you spend your time is one of the biggest things I can tell a lot about what results and what we'll get. And I break it down to like, you probably heard it, like the urgency matrix, like mm. task, important task, do the ones that are urgent and important and delegate the ones that are urgent but not important. And you can Google the actual matrix C and you can really like make it like a tally chart. But I always think like, is it an urgent task? Is it an important task? Can I put that first? I think one of the biggest things I always try to, it's kind of almost like a work in progress. And I think it always will be. It's never going to be a case of like I've done. 
but having routine structure, whether it's meals, whether it's when are you training, what you're doing, what needs to be done. At the end of the day, I've actually got these questions in front of me. It's like, what are you willing to pursue and why? If uh, if you were to live this day again, what would you do differently? Have you caught anything like a habit or someone that stopped you from thinking big? What see you? What's one of the what's been one of the biggest things that you've achieved yesterday and why was that important? And uh, how could this be improved tomorrow? So I was like, do at the end of the day, brain dump and like kind of break down my routine. I've actually got a question in front of me, and being able to break down your productivity and where you spend the most of your time, well, then showcase where you're going to get to. I find most people aren't where they're at with fitness goals because of the lack of like, organization and structure. And we know that's fitness coaches, like you know what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat it, when you're taking time off, when you're working, when you're not working. Those five things pretty much will get into shape. And after that, 100%. So I think that kind of tells a lot, not just with business, but being able to say no, being able to structure the right things, being able to prioritize and plan. That's always been a thing that I've found most common with people that I look up to, but people that also get results in the program. I find that the people that struggle, the most of the people who don't have structure and don't have any routine in place. When when people when people come to me and I speak to them or when clients come to me, the first thing I say to them is we want to get clear on what your structure now looks like. Something very so very simple to do as well. You all you need to do is spend forty five minutes an hour. Grab yourself a diary, Google Calendar. I, I use Google Calendar and just figure out. Okay, type in, you know, when you when have you got work? When are you scheduling for gym sessions? When are you scheduling times to eat? When are you doing your food shop? You know. When are you going on your walks? When are you having downtime? When are you relaxing? You knowing all of that, I said, it, and I said, I say this, it might feel and seem like it's overkill, but when you're actually in that time, you have so much more energy because you aren't thinking about other things. If I have my downtime, my downtime is scheduled on Fridays, my big block of downtime. During that time, I think of nothing. And it was one of the best feelings ever knowing it's just like a, I don't have nothing to do because I have purposefully scheduled that time. Whereas people will actually feel that when they do take time off in the back of their mind, it's like they're, uh, like they're frustrating and are arguing with themselves because like, oh, well, oh, I need to do that. Or, oh, I shouldn't, I've missed the session in the gym. But if you've got it scheduled out and structured out, there is no issue. It is not overkill. It's you just being on top of your life. <laughs> and that's it. You can just generally tell like, what you need to yes and no to. And like life is just getting yes and no's. And mm. you can say yes to the right things and no to the distractions and you're going to get ahead. So I think, I think like, <clears throat> one big thing you said there was like kind of spending that time per week or per day knowing what your day and week looks like. So you've got complete certainty. So you know for you, Friday is like a down day. You're not thinking twice. You know you're going to just do. And I think when you look at like, the power of language, like if someone says, Oh, I'll get it in today, not sure when. You can just tell it's going to be like a 40% or 30% chance of them getting them in. But you know with like complete clarity of language, I'm going to get in. I think it's quite big. I think with like scheduling also like the power of language comes into play. So like, here's a fun story. Like, I think it was far, a month ago, two months ago, I was coming back from London. Have you ever drove back from London to Liverpool or Manchester? Yeah. yeah. Don't do it on a Friday. It's horrible. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Three hour train. It's supposed to be a three hour journey. It ended up being twelve hours. Okay. Back at twelve is horrible, and my missus she was like, "Oh, you must be really tired." And I was like, "Instinct was gonna be yeah, but it's just say like, yeah." And I was like, "Actually, no, I feel alright. I'm just gonna do a bit of thing. Get training session here. It's quite late." Um, but just by like using that power language, being like, "Actually, I'm not tired." So if you, you say you're not tired, you're not gonna act like a tired person does. 
Like yeah. if you say you're, you're not going to be acting like someone busy would do. So like, if you really identify, what would a busy person do? They'd be stressed, overwhelmed, hectic, always feel like there's more things to do. You say you're busy, you can experience those four feelings. If you say, actually, even despite you being busy, despite the circumstance, you say, actually, I'm not busy, got abundance, then you'll almost shake your pants of thinking. So you're like, actually, it's just what it is, and I'm okay with it. Like, it it's, it's hilarious that you say that, because I, it was yesterday morning. Um, I was struggling to get up. Right? So I, I 7 a.m. is my wake-up time every single morning. I got, I got up, and I could feel myself saying to myself that I feel tired. And the language that I used, and I actually said it out loud to myself, I was like, I'm not tired. And, and as soon as I said that, I just walked straight into the shower. I was like, okay, that's it. And the, the power of language is so, it, it's it's like, it's, at the end of the day, it's like living in the game, not living in the gap, or always having that positive language. Or, um, you know, if you even say you're going to do something, have proper clarity and certainty, have a bit of conviction, be like, yes, I'm doing this, or yes, I feel like this. Don't be, don't half-ass things. Um, I feel like too many people do do that. I say, the biggest thing I say to my clients, I'm like, give me some conviction. You know, give me yes, give me no. Find out, are you doing it or are you not? Something that powerful I normally use is I say, we say we do. As soon as we say we're going to do something, go and do it. There's no, as soon as you start having that little conversation in your mind, I always say to myself, we say we do. If I say I'm doing something, I'm doing it. And just constantly. So any anytime anything pops up in my brain, the other, other night, it was like, I'm normally in bed at like nine, right? It was like 11 o'clock and I didn't want to meal prep, uh, but I knew I had to do it. So I just turned myself, we say we do. I got up, went and done it. Boom. Yeah. It would have been easy for me to have just stayed, went up to bed and went to sleep, but I didn't. The power of language, as you said, is absolutely massive. In regards to the, the last point, um, it is focus on your personal development. It's um, so one of my mentors at Charlie Johnson actually instilled this a lot more than anyone else, and it's probably been like the biggest category this year. Is like coming back to I think it was point 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 two actually about working hard on yourself and doing anything else. A lot of it's personal development. I find like running business is personal development. Like if you are a coach listening to this, as you grow, your audience grows, and the people you coach grow, the results they get grow. And it's because of you are the person that's making these decisions. So like, if you think of it now, if you're the person that is pulling these levers with fat loss, with business, with the life decisions, you need to be the person that can pull the right levers. And if you're not in a place of like, at your best, then you can pull the wrong levers. So I find like for me, it's always been like, consistent development is like something I pursue. Um, I had conversations with someone about this, I don't know who it was, but they introduced me to like five human motivators that what motivates someone. So if someone's losing motivation, I always mention question these five. It's autonomy, which is taking back control. It's purpose. Mm-hmm. It's growth. There's also the two those ones well on top of that. I think the ones for me is more of a case that I, I, my, one of my biggest values is that purpose and also autonomy. Like how can I take control of the life I want? And then me having purpose, where it's who else is helping past myself. So I find for me, my personal development isn't just about me, it's about the growth. So the purpose I can achieve and also the autonomy I can pursue. Um, so when you know that's more than your development, then you can make the right decisions. I think it's always the case of like, you're not going to be the person that achieves a fit body. You're going to be the person, you don't have to do the things that it's obviously going to be required to get lean. You can be the person that's already lean and you gravitationally pull it. So it was always like a case of who do I need to become, not what do I need to do? And like, 
a fun story. I think I mentioned this to you in person. I was on a, I was in Bali two months ago. I went to a physique retreat. About 20 other coaches, knew none of them, knew nobody there. It probably one of the biggest development trips I've ever had. There was a drive back. It was supposed to be like 90 minutes, two hours. Ended up being nine hours. And we were like, well, we're just going to be stuck in the car. Let's make productive use of the time. So we all went around. We're asking everyone what their goals are. And everyone just chipped in, like, really broke it down, questioned why, questioned how they get there, adding in value. And when it came to my goal, it was like, we kind of broke it down as like physique goals because it was physique camp and business goals in terms of life directions. And when it came to physique goals, my physique goals weren't necessarily, I need to achieve this, that, and that. It was, I want to be someone that doesn't flexibly diet year round as opposed to macro terrorists. I want to be training with this level of intensity that I did this cap year round. I want to be someone that's got routine and structure. And I want to be someone that's X, Y, and Z. And that, then I stripped back to it. I was like, shit, they know what I want to achieve. I know who I want to become. And that was the reason for me doing it. So when it comes back to like the personal development, it's like normally the biggest reason why I and probably a lot of people listen to this, I know you saw the clue that we chase things. It's like, who can I become such that I can gravitation pull the outcome towards me even closer? It's with personal growth, I think it is massively important. And I find something that is that happens to me all the time is that if I feel in a bit of a low moment or a bit of, you know, maybe a bit of a, like stuck in the mud, a bit of a rut, I always look back to what my flow state is, what my ingredients are for my flow state. And the number one is always personal development because it's easy that I've stopped learning. I've stopped watching things that are going to help me learn. I've stopped listening to podcasts that are going to help me learn. And I find then all I need to do is then initially put them back into place and everything else starts to go back to normal. And I think we always have to have growth. We always have to learn and always have to feel like we're at least moving the needle forward, whether it be by the tiniest amount. I think it's so important that, I think a lot of people don't do personal development and they feel like every day is Groundhog Day. I'd say fitness for for the general population is the gateway drug to personal development. And then after that, then you then you kind of realize, okay, once you've linked together how good it feels and w- what you've learned and how much you know you've come on from doing something like fitness wise, then all of a sudden then you're going to start reading books. Then all of a sudden you're going to start listening to more podcasts. Then all of a sudden you you've you've you know, you got this desire to maybe start a business or you've got um, all these things going on, but it just, because you are developing, because you are growing, if you stop growing, you, to be honest, you end up hating life. And as men, especially, you end up depressed and you end up frustrated. And it shows as well from whether it be being passive aggressive, whether, it, you know, you can tell when you're frustrated, you get angry at little things that you shouldn't do. The, the biggest change I realized, what happened to me was that I stopped being like passive aggressive and frustrated instead I end up just feeling I just have a level of calm because no matter what I know I'm pushing the needle forward consistently there was a thing I wanted to add into that and that's a very powerful thing you mentioned how like how to know when you're obviously not in the best place because you get responses to a lot of things that's a big thing I probably noticed in myself it's um there was someone from that I think I was 21 or 20 and she was more like a therapist slash coach and it was through the online setting. It was part of a course called OPEX. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't, no. They have like, different people and like different advisory boards. And Sharon was the head of like psychology. And there's something she meant to me that she said to me, and actually it stuck me like five or six years later, was you, you want to go through seasons and cycles of learning and growing. Like it's not just a case of doing, but it's going to be planning, growing, which is doing, learning, and then reflecting. 
So if you've been stuck in a season of doing for a very long time, maybe you need to learn, maybe you need to plan again, maybe you need to review. So if you've always been in the place where you just push, 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 then spend time learning, then implement a thing. But if you're always stuck in learning and always stuck in reading, then there's no doing then shift is easy because you're not getting anywhere. So I think the biggest thing when it comes to that personal growth is like knowing which season you need to be in, how long, and have you been stuck in that season for too long? Is that time to shift and always jump shift? Because uh, you do need to go through periods of growing. And I think for yourself, obviously, as a coach, this becomes your value where it's like learning is like a growth. Learning is growing at the same time because I know a lot of people say, oh, I know what I need to do to get there. And the Dunning Kruger effect, are you familiar with it? No, I'm not, no. It's um, one of the best things you can, I'll probably have to send it to you after this call. So basically, when you learn a little bit, your confidence goes high, but your knowledge is low. So this is a okay. lot more I need to do. Then the more you learn, your confidence drops a little bit further because you realize there's all these other things to do. And then it goes back up again. And like at the end, your knowledge is high, your confidence is high. By the start, people learn a little bit, their confidence goes super high. And they're like, oh, I'm happy here, quite confident. Yeah. When you bring your confidence down, you have to get a little bit more knowledgeable and actually be able to pursue things. So I think the Dunning Kruger effect is kind of like you can see in fitness. I speak to a lot of people like, oh, I don't need a coach. I know what I need to do. But your knowledge is low, confidence high. So maybe you're on that point. So I think that's like a big thing. Um, just knowing what cycles you're going through and not getting overconfident with knowledge. And um, there's always going to be more to learn. And the reason why someone isn't where they're at with business, with personal, with physique, is because of what they don't know. And the biggest questions you can ask is what to like a culture or mentor, someone like yourself is like, what can you see that I currently can't see? And I always ask that question every month to my own coach. I'm like, what can you see that I can't see right now? What am I not picking up? Because yeah. I don't want my confidence to get too high and knowledge to be low. I want to take taking that forward. I think that's why it's incredibly important to have a support system around you to make you aware of these blind spots as well. So whether it be a, a coach, a, um, a therapist, a friend, a, you know, a proper friend. Many people don't have proper friends nowadays. I have a friend of mine, hey, what am I saying? Sam, who's also a coach. And I will bluntly tell him the truth in everything. And I expect the same from him. But that's amazing. Why? Because we're not afraid of hurting each other's feelings. I feel like I can be my most authentic self with him. And it helps us then just build. Because if he does something that, like, for example, he'll maybe send me over a piece of content or he'll message me about something he's done with one of his clients. And if I don't think it's right, I'll let him know it's right or we'll have a conversation about it, but then it'll be on the same for me. Um, and I think it's powerful having that sort of support system around you, but you have to you have to as well, at that point, let people know that you want them to be like that as well, that you want your support system to act like that. You have to let people, end of the day, you always have to, you can't, you can't moan about not getting your needs met if you don't let people know what your needs are at the end of the day as well. But brother, we will we'll wrap up there. Um, that was absolutely as a class podcast. Um, for everyone listening as well, where can they find you? Yeah, pleasure, likewise. And uh, in terms of where people can find me, so it's ir.taza on all social media channels, pretty much everywhere. And YouTube is Atazo Freak. So that's my one. Right, brother, we'll 100% have to do another one, but that was amazing. Thank you. It's always more to speak about. So it's been a pleasure being on. And uh, thank you for having me.